0: Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. We are recording on Monday night, April 5th. And Adam, what a day for our three teams. I know. It was my son's fifth birthday, so I haven't been able to, like, really see what
1: people are saying about all this crazy stuff that's happening. We had Sam Darnold was traded, so the Jets' Twitter wars hopefully now are over, Um, and hopefully our friends stop arguing that the Jets should trade back and keep Sam Darnold because they can't do that anymore. We have Mets opening day and our, our ongoing feud with Luis Rojas. And there was apparently a Knicks Knick game, Nets. which I couldn't watch. Thanks. Really appreciate that to the NBA. So, really, thanks, uh, NBA, for not letting me watch the Knicks game tonight. I pay you every month a sp- like just to watch the Knicks, and you wouldn't let me watch them tonight because they're on NBA TV, which I also pay for, but I couldn't watch it on my phone or my iPad for whatever freaking reason and I couldn't watch it on the TV because I had the met streaming through the met app on my Xbox. You can't go back and forth from an app to an app. So I don't know what happened the next. So I'm look forward to you explaining to me what happened with to the next night.
0: Yeah. So thanks for uh your uh rant about why uh the well, NBA that's ridiculous. Is, I pay for uh, both
1: stupid. NBA TV NBA TV and I pay for like whatever nba ticket whatever you call it so i can watch well, the knicks
0: yeah. and it wouldn't let well, I, me watch on my phone yeah well, i think it's important for our listeners to know like adam you live in massachusetts so you you pay extra money to be able to watch all the knicks games but uh what probably a lot of new yorkers didn't realize is the uh, knicks nets game tonight which in new york was available on both msg and yes since it was knicks nets uh <laughs> was also the national game on the NBA network tonight. And since it was the national game on the NBA network, for some reason you weren't able to stream it on your phone through the NBA package, which you pay more money for. Yep. And, you know, the NBA's infinite wisdom. I was not happy. All right, I was we still should get... looking
1: forward to watching the Mets and the Knicks at the same time. So instead I watched the Mets and then hung out on
0: Twitter. All right, so... Uh, that's enough rambling about uh, why the uh, NBA app and the uh, NBA package uh, needs to make some improvements. Uh, but uh, as we said, today was a pretty crazy day uh, for the uh, Mets, Jets, and I guess a little less so the Knicks, but also the Knicks playing, I guess, if, if you want to call them the Crosstown rival Nets, uh, that's who they were playing. They're n- it's not uh, a rivalry.
1: So- that's, that's just so ridiculous. They don't have any meaningful games in their history against each other. The Nets aren't a real New York team. They don't have a real fan base. They don't have real players. Like, it's not a rivalry. They're better than the Knicks, but, I mean, I don't think anyone... It's not like
0: I was, like, more excited to watch this. I mean, they I, I, they do they do play uh, their home games in one of the five boroughs. It's not a rivalry. No, it's not a rivalry. They They were playing the other basketball team that plays home games within the five boroughs of New York City. Yeah. How many like net fans do you know? It. Do you know like people who are like I
1: don't know a single net fan. John Hill's like it doesn't a count. half a fan, he li- <laughs> or quarter of a fan. Yeah. I don't. There's no like like diehard long term <laughs> net fans. It's just not a.
0: the not a thing. Evan Roberts is like the only. Yeah, one. He, I think he just does that for attention. <laughs> probably. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to what we're talking about today. We know a lot of you are probably here because uh, it's fun to uh, hear rapid reactions uh, after you know. A big event like opening day. Well, we're actually uh, but we're still in gonna... the middle of opening
1: day. We're currently recording yes, we're... in the middle of
0: the eighth inning, um, where we're hoping yeah, that so, the Mets can uh, win despite
1: the mismanagement of their manager today.
0: Yeah, so it's a Monday night. Uh, we both have kids, uh, so we decided to start recording while the Mets game is still going on. The game is currently. In the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, Andrew McCutcheon is batting. Uh, the Mets are up two nothing. Well, the good news for the Mets and at this
1: point is they still have their best player available to come in and pinch hit for them. So that's a that's a major you know value added you have in a close game.
0: Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Dom Smith still available as inning. a pinch hitter. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know this kind of. I feel I feel like we're kind of going all over the place to start the pod. But uh, as a kid, uh, my dad would take me to a lot of Sunday afternoon uh, Mets games growing up. And I I always felt like that's uh, how my day... So what would happen, and I I know this gets talked about a lot, but since the Mets' best player during that era was Mike Piazza, uh, one thing that would always tend to happen is he would not play a lot of Sunday afternoons because usually you end up, you you play a Saturday night game,
1: and they wouldn't
0: play him a day game after a night game. So you'd go to the park on a Sunday afternoon. Todd Pratt would be in there, but... You'd, you'd tell yourself, well, when there's a big spot late in the you game, got we got Mike Piazza coming off the bench. Oh, my bench. God. So I, I guess that's, uh, yeah, Trevor May just walked uh, Andrew McCutcheon, and now the Phillies have uh, runners on first and second with one out. What's the earliest manager managers of been
1: fired in baseball?
0: They've had it last season. I feel like it week. has. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's we're gonna, because the, they're in the middle of this game. You might see uh, me and Adam uh, react in the moment here, but we're going to talk about the Mets last because we figure by the time we're done talking about the Jets and the Knicks, uh, hopefully the Mets game will be over and we can give our uh, a full synopsis on that. So, even though we're already almost six minutes into the pod, uh, we are going to talk about the Jets. Uh, we've talked ad nauseum on this pod about what is going to happen with the Jets quarterback position in 2021. Uh, I can't tell you how many pods we've talked about it. We brought in Travis Williams to break down just how good Trevor Lawrence is and how good Justin Fields is. We had uh, Harrison Glazer on the pod who at one point said, uh, it, it really should be Darnold. It should be Darnold Lawrence or bust. And they're, as we know now... Their quarterback is not going to be Sam Darnold. It's not going to be Trevor there Lawrence. Is a, like a 1% chance that it's Trevor Lawrence.
1: Though uh, Urban Meyer didn't go to Zach Field uh Zach Wilson's pro day. There's there's at least a small chance. Like I guess I guess you have to it, say the pick hasn't been called I mean if in anything yet. maybe there
0: maybe, are, maybe there are, there's that there 1% chance he takes Justin have Fields Wilson
1: rated higher than Lawrence. Those people are crazy the, and they're not Urban Meyer or, who seemingly came out of retirement so he could win with Trevor Lawrence. So I don't think it's going to happen, but it's like it—it's it, like a maybe a one in a hundred or a one in a thousand outcome. It's-
0: I think it also has to be mentioned. There's like the one in a thousand chance that the reason he came back is because he he recruited Justin Fields to Ohio State yeah, I don't think that's real. and maybe wants to coach him in the pros. I don't believe that, but I guess it has to be mentioned. Right.
1: So like uh, it seems like Zach Wilson's going to be the 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 quarterback of the Jets. I think you and I are pretty happy about it. Most of the people we talk to.
0: Don't seem particularly happy about it, but that that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is what's going to happen. Uh, you've heard all the reports. I mean, Chris Sims actually had uh, Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence in his rankings. You hear the report uh, with what Steve Young said, who has close ties to both uh, – uh, you know, for, being a former BYU quarterback himself, he has close ties to BYU. He has close ties to San Francisco. He's basically come out and said, you know, hush hush. Uh, the Jets have already told Zach Wilson and his that family. he's getting drafted second. Yeah, and he's also come out and said that San Francisco is super upset about the fact that they are not going to get to draft Wilson. Obviously, I mean, Wilson still okay is, will be an
1: excellent West Coast quarterback. It, yeah, I mean,
0: I also wanted to bring up something uh, you uh, mentioned in one of our pods with John Hill. And it's that uh, we, were, we were discussing which quarterback do we want to see. And before uh, we kind of saw all these experts come out with their grades on Wilson, uh, you had said you, you wanted Zach Wilson. Me and uh, John Hill said we wanted Justin Fields. And one point you made was that there's actually a pretty good track record of guys coming from these, you know, so-called smaller schools and succeeding. And I was actually just thinking about it. Um, and sorry, I apologize. I'm going off the top of my head here. But I believe this century, the Jets have drafted five quarterbacks in the first or second round. Those guys being Chad Pennington, Kellen Clemens, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, and Sam Donald. And most you know, of them went to the the USC. one of those quarter- <laughs> But who is the only one of those quarterbacks to not play at a power conference school? I don't, uh, isn't it? I don't know. It's Chad Pennington. Oh,
1: okay. I didn't realize he we're went going to back as far to Pennington. I, yeah. Technically, he was drafted this century, 2000. I mean, we. I mean, at some point we're going to talk about My Zach point Wilson. being I, we're, is we're that talking more about the, Donald <laughs> today. I mean, there's, there's, there's reasons to be worried about Wilson, <laughs> primarily being that his offensive line was just absolute monsters, so there's not a lot of tape of him under pressure. But, I mean, he, he can make any throw. Um, he, he there's a lot of tape of him making good reads. Um, I don't know. I just it seems like if you have a smart coach who runs an offense who can maximize his skills, that I don't think the floor is particularly low. I've I've changed my mind a bit. I I want them to go draft Fields actually. Um, I, really? Yeah, I've been doing a lot more research. I oh, it's not crap. sorry oh, you ruined it for me. Uh, um, yeah, we're reacting to things that are happening in the mech games. I just I think that yeah. his his
0: speed. The Phillies just loaded the bases here in the bottom of the 8th with one out. So
1: with Fields, I just I think his speed makes his floor very high if you have a really smart coach, coaching staff, which I think that they do. And then some of the the only knock really on Fields has been slow processing, but there seems to be a growing consensus that that may have just been a byproduct of the Ohio State offense where they look for they ask the QB to wait. They want to see their wide receivers run a longer route and see what what happens um so it the the waiting may be a product of the ohio state offense and not any sort of processing speed so i I actually i think fields is going to be an excellent pro um but it it doesn't seem like that's the way they're going to go
0: yeah i mean it's it's just funny because you go back to that uh that national semifinal game when Justin Fields outplayed Trevor Lawrence and all the Jet fans were all of a sudden so excited they were going to get him. And I just feel like it's gone so back and forth. But well, what I said is it, it feels like doesn't that, matter, right? You shouldn't be making a decision about a quarterback based on one game. Like, I don't, I don't care how important the game is. You need a larger sample Well, but size. I think with Justin Fields, it wasn't just one game. It was just – I think what it was with Justin – I mean, he, the guy obviously played well his entire career to be able to get to the point where he's going to be a guy – taken at the top of the draft it was just sort of this coronation that he's the Jets put together this legendary game yeah this legendary game in you know on just about the biggest stage possible and uh, you know Zach Wilson never really had the opportunity to play on that kind of stage that doesn't mean he's not going to be awesome I mean you know the guy a lot of people compare him to is Patrick Mahomes I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to be Patrick Mahomes but I mean, Mahomes played at a bigger school, playing in the Big 12 at Texas Tech, but, you know, he's similar to Zach Wilson, didn't really play in the high-profile games that Zach Wilson did. It's not like Texas Tech was a team competing for national championships.
1: Let's talk about the Sam Darnold deal. We wanted to have a, a quicker pod tonight, and we're, we've gone pretty far into scouting rookie quarterback <laughs> territory, Justin.
0: Yeah. All right. So, with this Sam Darnold deal, uh, they get a, he goes to the Carolina Panthers, he gets reunited with Robbie Anderson uh he get and then Jets get a sixth round pick this year and second and fourth round picks in 2022 uh personally uh, I'm ecstatic about this um I was kind of uh reserved to the fact that they were probably only going to get maybe like a third and a fifth for them uh I just felt like you've seen in recent years that the price for a backup quarterback is a third round pick and it kind of felt like with so many uh starting quarterback jobs being gone that all they were going to get was backup uh, compensation for him. And the fact that they got more than that, I I think it's great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was surprised they got as much as they did. Um, Sam Darnold was the worst quarterback in football last year. I know a lot of Jet fans, like, just can't, like, face that reality. But to get more than a fourth-round pick for the worst quarterback in football, great. Um, The only thing I'm disappointed at is that for me, I look at the draft and number one's a quarterback. They're going to take that. And then you really to have a team that competes given their off season, I feel like you need two interior offensive linemen and two cornerbacks within the first three rounds. Like you assume in the first three rounds, you can get a starting caliber player first round. You're getting probably a, a, a very good starter second round. Like year one, you expect the player to start and, Make an impact third round you sometimes they start sometimes they don't um so i i really wanted that an extra second or third rounder just so they i could feel like they could go qb you know interior lineman interior lineman cornerback cornerback and maybe throw uh, a running back i think that's harder now given the amount of picks they have in this draft um but i don't think Joe, joe douglas cares about like winning the title next year or even making the playoffs Clearly, he sees this as a team that's going to be a couple years down the road to rebuild still. Um, I think yeah, he wants I him to compete m- next year and be better, but, I mean, he's not all in on, on next season. Yeah,
0: I think that's uh, very important to note. I also think that now you look at these next two drafts, and over the next two drafts, it's they have— Four first-round picks, three second-round picks, three third-round picks. Um, and they have, obviously, picks later in the draft, but let's focus on the first three rounds because, you know, those, those, those are, are what pre- are considered. premier picks. Though, exactly. Those are the, your premium picks where you expect to get starting caliber players. You know, anything I feel like after the third round is kind of uh, gravy. And uh, Loop, who was one of the three Mets not taken in our war draft last week, just hit Bryce Harper and it's 2-1 Mets, and the Phillies have the bases loaded with one out in the bottom of the eighth. Awesome. All right, back to the Jets. (laughs) Uh, What I was going to say, and I wonder if Joe Douglas goes this way, is that you look at it, you have 10 picks in the first three rounds over the next two years. That's where you could really make up a lot of your roster. We know one of those picks is going to be a quarterback, and now you have nine other picks to work with. You probably have to hit on at least six or seven of those uh, if you really want to move in... Unless right Zach Wilson
1: is the next coming of Patrick Mahomes, and then you don't need to hit on that many of them.
0: True, but where I'm going with all this is I wonder if he just says, look, I don't want the cra- When I draft Zach Wilson, I don't want the crap to get beaten out of him this year, and maybe he... En- and the Phillies just took the lead. Most la- Nope, only one run came in. But tie Game and Jacob DeGrom will not get a win tonight. Awesome. Oh, I can't uh, wait to talk about the Mets. Yeah, because you know they had because of course they had to pull uh, Jacob Degrom. Uh, and of after course only they did play Domskins
1: and they had two opportunities to put him in the game.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Let, we'll Let's, get let's there. wrap up the Jets. The last thing I wanted to say is I'm I'm curious now, uh, just knowing all the draft capital and getting this extra second round pick that they have coming to them again in 2022, if. They maybe they end up going offensive line with both the 23rd and 34th. I think they will say, look, I don't want to get. I want Zach Wilson to be heavily protected this year. I don't want the crap being you know kicked out of him. If our corners suck, so be it. So be right. it. We'll give up a lot of points. And if we have an off awesome offensive line, then we have two first rounders and two second rounders in the twenty twenty two draft. That's where we can load up on corner and make our second round right. Game.
1: And that's why I was like, if you got if you turn Darnold into a second round pick, then you really have the ability to get a cornerback in the second round and still two interior offensive linemen. Um, that would have been great, but it's not happening, right? So I just I hope Douglas goes out and gets two linemen to protect our new quarterback, because then you'd have yeah, three 100. out of five. You know, presumably good offensive linemen, um, and they have like yeah, four so. other human beings.
0: And oh my god, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about this right now. So, uh, so uh, Luis Guillorme, who was brought in for defense, uh, just made an errant throw to the catcher, which allowed two runs to score, and the Phillies now lead the Mets four to two. And P. Alonso looks not happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. So we like the
1: Darnold trade. The Jets did great. Very much like the Donald I don't think Joe Douglas could have done better. He turned the worst quarterback in football into three picks. second, a fourth, and a sixth-round pick. one of those picks is a really excellent pick. And the fourth-round pick, who knows? It's disappointing that those picks aren't in this draft because we want as good of a team on the field next year. But good job, Joe Douglas. As I said on Twitter today, he's done—like, anytime I play Madden or NBA 2K, the first thing I do is I just try to accumulate draft picks and get rid of anyone who's expensive. Right, so in Madden, it's get as many picks, get rid of all the expensive players, take a rookie quarterback. He did that. He did the Madden rebuild, but now he has to go get you know good players in the draft to actually win. So let let's see if he's a good scout. Right, he did he the, he did the buy the book rebuild. Now now comes the hard part.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, all right. I think uh, we can wrap up our uh, Jets talk, and uh, you know the and oh no, never mind. Okay. Well, that's going to, okay, sack fly for the Phillies, and now it's 5-2. to two. <sighs> Okay, uh, let's talk about the Knicks real quick before uh, we get into what has now become a dumpster fire of a Mets game. Uh so uh, the Knicks, uh, they played the Nets tonight. Um, as we said, they were playing the other team that also happened. We're not calling it a rivalry. It's not they are playing the team that also happens to play home games in one of the five boroughs of New York City. Uh, and the Nets, uh, they, beat, they beat the Knicks uh, by two. Um, I apologize. I, I forget the exact final score. Kyrie Irving went off for 40 points. And for the third time this year, the Knicks lose a close game uh to the nets um and i as couldn't you said, watch the, top, the game
1: because of the nba but we went over that already so how did how did my boy uh rj barrett look tonight
0: um i mean i'm not gonna lie i was definitely more focused on the met game tonight than i was the knicks i had uh, i had uh, mets up on the tv i had the knicks on the ipad he had some good moments i mean julius randall had another good game okay. he had a triple he double ba- he bounced back uh, reggie he bullock like
1: quite as efficiently as he had been for a while
0: yeah, I mean, he was making some really nice passes. Uh, Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks were both hitting, uh, both hitting a lot of shots. I think Bullock had five threes. Uh, I think Burks had three or four. And yet, despite all that, it still wasn't enough. And this is a game where uh, the Nets didn't have uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden. Only played four minutes because uh, he got hurt very early in this game. Uh, it's it's kind of scary to think that uh, the Nets were down. They're two best players, and the Knicks. The Nets still are the best team in the league.
1: league. All of our, our friends yelled at me when I said that when the Nets pulled off that Harden trade, they thought they'd win the title. Everyone said that that was a bad move for them. Like it, it's not. The Nets are the best team in the league. Full stop. They can. I mean, they I don't think good, they're winning a title. You don't think they win the title?
0: I don't know that they're winning a title unless they have all three of these guys healthy at the same time. Yeah, but time, I think they. Big if right I think now. they will
1: i don't think it's a big if i think they're just playing it smart I,
0: I think Durant has to be you realize Durant hasn't played a game in two months yeah I, that has to be a huge if, i mean do you think he's gonna are hold they doing that on purpose playoffs? are
1: they just like saving him for the playoffs he just came back from an achilles injury the regular season doesn't really matter like why is Kevin Durant playing in the ring? Well, I mean, we'll find out. We'll just, we'll, we don't have to wait that long to know. I'm just
0: saying you can't say it's not a big if. Like, he missed, he had an Achilles injury that kept him out an entire they're season. They're really good. He hasn't played in two months. It has to be considered a big if if he'll be able to withstand a two-month playoff sure. run. They're the best team in basketball, when healthy. They are, yeah, I mean, if they're fully I don't healthy. Think it, I don't think it's really a question. I mean, Philly could give them a run yeah. for their money, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the Knicks are an average team. I think they're a game under 500. They are one game under 500 losing tonight uh i mean it's, it's been pretty clear i mean they can have nights where when because the knicks play really hard they have nights like two nights ago where they beat the detroit pistons by 40 and then nights where tonight where they can play really hard and you know they can hang with these good teams for a while but they just don't have enough talent yet to get it done it, and i think that this leads to a more a more interesting take on your part well, i don't know if you want to share that right now It just they peaked they, they haven't peaked, but I, I think they've
1: become competitive too early. And that's a credit to Tibbs. But I look at this team, and I look at the amount of assets they have, and I say, like, how do they take the next step, right? So it seems like R.J. Barrett, Barrett is taking a leap, which we weren't expecting. It's great. Like, tonight he was four for six from three-pointers and four for four from the free throw line. Like, his shooting has clearly come along. Like, he can—I think there's a very good chance he becomes an all-star. Julius Randle's already an all-star. Um, I, I'm i not as worried as other people that he's going to take a step back. But how else are they going to, you know, how are they going to become that, that next tier team? They need another really good player. So how do they do? I mean, Emmanuel quickly, maybe he becomes a perennial all-star. That doesn't, I mean, it seems possible. I don't know how likely it is. Like, there's, I, I don't see Obi Toppin becoming a perennial all-star. They need another player. And they're, I'm kind of in the tank for them now. I want them to lose. Like, I want them to lose the play-in game and have a shot at a top lottery pick.
0: Uh, this is why I think I don't agree with you. Uh, so they're clearly going to be in the play-in because I think they have a really big cushion on 11th place right now. Yeah. And I'd like to see them win win so that you know their guys get playoff experience because these are the Knicks who never, ever get lucky. And if they're in the play-in, it means they're probably going to have something like the 12th, 13th, 14th pick. Yes, they'll have a small chance at getting lucky and moving up into the top four. And as we've been texting about uh, privately, uh, I would love Jalen Suggs. I think he's going to be everyone absolutely. everyone wants Jalen Suggs, Justin. I don't think it's just the next tremendous uh, pro. Um, although Gonzaga is actually getting uh, killed tonight by uh, Baylor, and it seems like uh, they're not going to be able to complete their perfect season. Although I could have uh, predicted that one. Um, you have an emotional game like that against UCLA the Tark's other night. Baylor has a you know nice easy uh, stress free win over Houston. Not to mention Baylor played the early game, was able to probably get to sleep the other night, and uh, I I just this is probably very predictable. Maybe Gonzaga has a, a second half comeback in them. They're currently down 16. Sorry, we're not here to we're talk. We're not. I don't basketball. know what you're doing.
1: We're talking about the Knicks and how they take the next step forward.
0: Sorry, I got excited about uh, Jalen Suggs for a second. My point is is that the Knicks have never ever, with the exception of the Ewing year, gotten lucky in the NBA draft lottery. I don't see that happening. Well, and I don't what think happened? banking on. I'd rather a, see them do something positive. A random occurrence in positive. the past has nothing to do with a random occurrence
1: in the future. Like, they need to get— a, I'm just, to, to take the next leap, they need one of their guys to develop into, like, a superstar, or they need to dump all of their assets for a superstar. And I just think you need better assets. I think two late lottery picks or— so two, two non-lottery picks this year plus— Whatever it is you could put together from your team probably doesn't equal like a Bradley Beal or like the next guy to come available. Like they, I,
0: there's no free yeah, they really? they can
1: add. Like I don't, I don't, they, I don't see the okay, path so, for them
0: getting better. So if they lose in the lottery and end up with like the 12th or 13th pick, is there really that much of a difference between pick 12 or 13 versus like making the playoffs and having pick 16? I think there might be. It's just
1: I don't. Know. I think. So you take a dumb franchise, you take like Washington, like, oh, maybe we trade with the Knicks and now we have, we can get another lottery pick like that. I just think the word lottery pick to dumb
0: GMs mean something. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I just think in terms of the kind of player you're going to get, I don't really see it making a big difference. Well, they're on I'd a downswing rather, now. I mean, yeah, they, if, if, if they somehow are in the lottery and they actually get lucky, then yeah, great. Um, I just I don't uh, realistic. But well, how say else that. is this team taking the next step, right?
1: Like Mitchell Robinson, he's a lovely player. He, he, whether he's healthy or not doesn't really seem to impact winning. And he, I don't know if he stays healthy long term. And he's definitely not somebody you want to give a max contract to. Like what? Like there's no free agents. Like how is this team getting better from than what they are? I mean, you, I, you would expect Obi Toppin, you'd expect Miguel quickly to continue to grow. But
0: RG Barrett will get better. That's what I'm saying. But um, like and, so that
1: that and, what's a Barrett Randall team look like two years from now they'll probably be very good I mean, maybe
0: not the top guys and i've i don't have the names in front of me but uh it's not like you can't bring in other you know free agents that are better than a reggie bullock
1: there's Uh, we don't i I mean what there's some restricted free agents who are going to become available who would be like interesting but like unrestricted free agents i don't think there's
0: any in the next two years yeah we'll have to see i'm just saying i don't I would rather have my guys get that playoff experience than move up like 3 spots in the draft. All right, let's let's uh let's move on here. I think that's enough talk about the Knicks. They lose another tough one to the Nets. It's become unfortunately I just I just it's frustrating that they keep losing these close games to these better teams, but I just think that's about how good they are right now is that they are a notch below the Nets and they I think are a people notch forget below supposed, the Sixers, this team should be bad. And they can't beat so these teams, even when these other teams are playing without some of their
1: top the guys. The Knicks had one of the worst teams in the league last year. Their roster is almost exactly the same as their roster from last year. The things that are different from last year are Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin and Derek Rose. Well, I mean Julius, I mean well Julius Randle making a No, but I'm saying they're from, going into the oh, season. Right, right, right. Did you expect this team to be this good given that they're, you know, they added two rookies and otherwise their roster was like a bottom 4 or 5 roster. Right? Like they're way overperforming expectations. Anything you get, you should just be enjoying. So we mostly wanted to talk about the Mets. I don't really want to talk about the Mets. Like I don't I don't know if I can um, stomach
0: it. I really I feel sick right now. This has just been right. such um, a Cluster,
1: you know what. Okay,
0: spin zone, spin zone. So they always love to, you know, show that stat. Oh, the Mets in their last 51 uh, opening days are 39 and 12. Well, you know what usually happens when they win opening day? The season is crap. So now that they're going to lose opening day, maybe the season will be awesome. I'm really worried about the
1: manager. I I had some major concerns after last season, and then everything I saw today just screams red flag. Mm -hmm. Like, just huge red flag. Like, arguably their best hitter wasn't starting today
0: in opening day. I mean, I don't think that's—I don't put that on Louis Rojas. Uh, I think, you know, the front office clearly makes the uh, starting lineup. And for whatever reason— Do Does
1: Sandy Olsen do that? Sandy Olsen historically didn't. Like, Brody Van Wagenen, I think, was calling in, like, in-game decisions, but I don't think— I don't know. if Sandy Alderson ever made, like, lineup decisions before? I never thought that that was a thing. I think this was Louis Ross' yeah. lineup. Well, I think right. he's I, getting cute.
0: You don't... Dom Smith yeah. shouldn't be sitting. And he was very cute last year. Like, right. People, so, we Badly tweeted a cute. lot during this... Right? Like, so, we tweeted a lot during this game tonight, and... Uh, some people some people liked our comments uh some people were like chill out it's game one but the thing is it doesn't it really doesn't feel like game one because it's feels like a continuation of the same crap we saw last year I mean think back to what happened in uh 2018 and 19 2018. Uh, Mickey Calloway was awful and twenty nineteen and he should have been fired after the twenty eighteen season. And twenty nineteen was just a continuation of the exact same crap. And they, you know, they end up uh, missing the playoffs by three games that year, and I blame Mickey Calloway. They should have been three games better that it's, season. They should they had be the one talent. game better this season because of the only reason I think manager yeah, I mean the reason I think a lot of people gave Louis Rojas somewhat of a pass was because the, it was a weird season. He was ha, you know, handling this COVID season. Guys were opting out. Uh, it was only 60 games last year. So I think a lot of people said, you know, you got to give him another year to really see what he's like. But you saw the same things today. And I think this the is thing a team that should be competing most, for a title. You shouldn't be screwing around with your manager. Like your manager shouldn't be like...
1: I don't feel like a good manager like adds that many wins to your team, but they prevent losses. Like a bad manager can cause losses. Like it's, this is not the thing... To, that we should be worrying about with this team right now
0: no and honestly it's super frustrating because oh, you good. look at Kevin Pillar tonight, is coming up again for the fifth time and so even so i i oh my god and and villar just uh struck out hitting for the pitcher spot so dom smith did did, did i miss it maybe when we were potting earlier did dom smith get a and at bat in this I game, know. I've been so flustered. I haven't been able to focus. Hold on, I'm checking now. I, I don't think he got. Maybe he's hurt. It's the only thing I could think of is that he got hurt. Yeah, Dom Smith did not Dom, get in at if bat. I know we in know you game. listen. Like can you tell us what happened. Like we're just we're very upset. Yeah. So like right here, like I get that. Okay, it's the top of the ninth. The Mets are down three runs. But the thing is, if you're not going to pinch hit Dom Smith for the pitcher spot or Kevin Pillar. Like, he's not going to pinch hit for any of the other guys after Pilar. So basically, you're just saying, yeah, Like w- w- I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like... I understand, yeah, in theory, it'd be great to have Dom Smith hit a three-run homer to tie the game, but that's not gonna happen. Like, I'd rather have a guy who has a better chance of getting on base base, and extending the inning to get it to Lindor or Alonzo or uh, McNeil or Conforto or one of the guys who can hit that three-run homer to potentially tie the game. And Dom Smith has a better chance of doing that than Valar and Pilar. Uh, The other thing which we're gonna go now and talk to which was so so frustrating in this game. Uh, and is that in the fourth inning, so look, they make their decision to start Kevin Pilar, and at least the Mets line about it is, oh, well, uh Pilar, he he's great against left-handed pitching, and he's great defensively, so we're we're gonna start him. I don't agree with it, but fine. You do it.
1: I think you should have fired the manager right there. <laughs>
0: I, I assume the game just ended. I think you're a couple seconds. No, ahead no, no. Of me. I meant like the moment they
1: decided no. to not start Dom Smith on opening day. <laughs> that's it. You're gone. This just yes. stu- he's their best hitter.
0: I mean, Lindor yeah. might
1: be, but
0: <sighs> hold on. I'm, I'm going to continue I'm on my sorry. rant. Here. I'm really angry. So, as you should be. So fine. They make this decision. Whatever. Now it's the it's the top of the fourth inning. The Mets are only up two nothing. The bases are loaded. With one out and Kevin Pillar is up, and the Phillies have put in a right-handed relief pitcher. And because of the new rule in baseball, you have to pitch to three batters. So the Phillies do not have an option to go to a left-handed reliever here. Why isn't Dom Smith pinch-hitting in that spot against the right-handed pitcher? Like, yeah, I get it. You started Pillar to hit against left-handed pitching, now there is a right-handed pitcher in the game. This might be your biggest spot in the game. Like, try to extend the lead because, lo and behold, the Mets only scored two runs tonight, and they're about to lose the unless a miracle happens. They're about to lose the game five to two. Kevin Pillar is currently batting here in the top of the ninth with nobody on and two out. But like, you know, and oh my, oh my God, Kevin Pillar got a base I'd hit. Stop I stopped watching. It.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't really want to watch the inevitable.
0: Uh. Do we think he's okay? Dom Smith. Do we think he's okay. I think Louis Rojas is this bad as a manager. I I think I think we saw a lot of this last year where Louis Rojas I mean we saw it time and time again last year where he'd make these defensive replacements too early and then late in games or in extra innings one of his better hitters would not be coming up because he already made that defensive and replacement. And what I used to and say last year already is like, first-year manager, let him learn from his mistakes. Like,
1: you want people to grow. Like, we don't expect people to be perfect. But you can't make the same mistakes for over a year. Like, if it was the ninth inning with, you know, with Dom and you were worried, like, do we leave Pilar in, in a 2-0 game or keep Pilar in? Like, I, I, I get that. He's a better defensive player. But it was the fourth inning. Like Dom's bat is worth way more than whatever like my, you know, marginal, you know, loss in defensive ability you get from going from Pilar to to Dom.
0: Yeah. So we made this point on Twitter about and just and again, the idea like which we also brought up. Teams have moved to this model where they're constantly taking like, pitchers out early in the game, the first si- you know chance they get when these guys get into trouble. I mean, you saw with the Phillies tonight, Joe Girardi, who probably should be the Mets manager, isn't be the because, Mets the manager. Pons are, because the will are because the ponds are cheap. It's a shame because if uh, Cohen buys the team a year earlier, Girardi, he's definitely he's not being cheap with the manager, and he would have brought Girardi in, but. That that's not what our rant is about. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of what our rant is about tonight because Louis Rojas is. Oh my God! You might have turned the game back oh, really? on, Adam. Lindor just got a base hit, and uh, Pete Alonso is about to come up. Now is the time. Okay, run. I'm
1: putting the game back on. You know who's a clutch our, hitter? I The guy Kevin
0: Pillar. I love him. He did get a base hit here. No, that keep I'm the inning going. Oh, that's cute. They they threw I guess I guess that was Lindor's first hit as a Met, so they they threw the ball into the dugout.
1: You know, I was thinking about this is kind of random. I kind of <laughs> like that we're going to have Lindor in our lives for the next 11 years. It's like so for so many of our teams, we have these players in our our lives and we're always wondering are like are they going to finish their career with us? Like with Julius Randle. Like he's a free agent after next season. Like is he going to be someone who I should buy his jersey? You can just get all in on Lindor. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, have I mean, him we for Travis, 11 what? years. Like you could I mean, just fully I mean, fall in love with him and just get to know him
0: cuz he's he's ours. Oh, I'm sorry. Conforto is up as the uh, potential tying run, not uh, Alonso. My That's apologies. Bad. I forgot what the bat I'm I'm so flustered. I forgot what their batting order was tonight. Conforto is batting third and Alonso. So our forward.
1: listeners will know what's going to happen. So we should probably talk about something else, Justin.
0: Or just <laughs> we're just sign All off. All right. I think before we got distracted by the uh, Francisco Lindor What we were trying to say is that teams have this mindset that they'll take their pitcher out at the first sign of trouble. I mean, the Phillies uh, starter tonight, uh, Moore, he had only given up two runs. The game was in the fourth inning, and they pulled him. Like, if teams have this philosophy on their pitchers, why shouldn't they have the philosophy on their position players? Like, Pilar was in the game to hit against a left-handed pitcher. If there's a right-handed pitcher in the game now, put in your better bet. And we made this point on Twitter, and some people were like, oh, well, the defense, the defense, it's really windy out there. First off, Dom Smith's got to play left field, and he's going to have to deal with some suboptimal weather conditions. And B, if you really are that worried about the defense, they also brought in Albert Amora this offseason, so you could have let Dom have this one at bat in this huge Huge moment in the game where you have a chance to break the game open. And that's another thing, too, which drives me nuts. Oh! Why not go to a a pinch hitter in the... Oh, we got uh, a game, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh! Drop,
1: drop, drop! It drops. It
0: did. I'm ahead of you. Yeah, you're you're a couple seconds oh, man. ahead. of me. So Pilar scored. He did. So our listeners are
1: are wow. going to know so that the, uh... we're going about to be ecstatic or like just be completely gutted.
0: Yeah, you know, people out there, you'll you'll have to let us know how this pod goes because I have no idea right now if like. This is going to be like entertaining, not. reliving this, watching us in real time. Because I feel like this is very well, we're disjointed. We're
1: just watching a game together, which is nice. So if no one's listening, it's just you. And me. Yeah. I enjoyed this. Justin.
0: It's one. Of, I guess. I mean, it's it's one of our raar. Is that rawr-er? a word? Raar, <laughs> Um, it's one of our more raw, uh, <laughs> podcasts ever. I guess. All right. So now Alonso is coming up as the lead run. Let's see his whole thing now. And is being Conforto at the is the tie he's run. Over swinging. He didn't get to let's right. See okay. if he
1: does it. Let's
0: see if he's patient. Sorry. I know this is disjointed. I I keep trying to go back to that same point. People were saying online, oh, well, the defense. But again, you could have... You know, it's like... If that's the biggest point in the game, like how many more times in the game are you going to have an opportunity where you have bases loaded, one out? Like that's such a big spot in the game. You're probably not going to have a spot like that. Dom Smith is on your bench. Like use him in the most optimal way, which is right there. Dom Smith is
1: an elite pinch hitter. Like that is... A Skill that he has he's like I think he hit 280 pinch-hitting two years ago, and he was pinch-hitting a lot back then Um, He's good at that. Oh Dom Smith is is on on deck deck.
0: up Which means he would be pinch-hitting for Guillaume I believe because of course uh, (laughs) Not I mean obviously Uh, if uh, this ending extends Alonzo swung too early uh, it, it kind of feels t- fitting that it en- typical that it ended that way where uh, Alonzo just missed a uh, home run by about two feet <sighs> that were giving them the lead the last thing and Dom Smith never got into this game I-, I had
1: yeah I was just gonna say Dom Smith never got in I am just deeply troubled that as an organization their philosophy is not Dom starts every day because Dom should be starting every day I don't care if he's not your best outfielder he needs to play every single day. Unless you give him a day off, right? Um, like, if Alonso's and, taking a day off, you know, move him to first. If he plays a week, you know, then start Pilar. But, like, he is your starting left fielder. Like, that's just what you need to do this season. He's He needs to be in the lineup. They would have won this yeah. game had he been playing. I, I really firmly believe
0: that. I do, too. I, I feel like he comes through there. Or, at the very least, even if he doesn't come through there, if he gets three or four chances to bat tonight, he probably does more than what Pilar did. Absolutely. I mean, Pilar, uh, you know, he ends up... Uh, he ends up uh, hitting into that double play in that spot. There was another spot where uh, he pops up in a big spot. Uh, There's just... This game was highly mismanaged. And also, this team, again, just time and time again... Uh, you saw it so many times last year where they they're so quick to pull their players. I mean, even in this game tonight, the Mets are only leading two to nothing. This game is far from over. And maybe this is just me being upset that they just lost the opener. But JD Davis, who's having a good night at the plate, he's been on base twice. And even then, they take him out and put in uh Guillaume. And Guillaume makes a huge error in the uh Eighth, now look. Don't get me wrong. I know Giorme is normally a great fielder, and anybody can have one bad play, but it, it just makes you question. Like, w- was that really the spot? To, I, maybe it probably was, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just overall frustrated. Well, like the, they, 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 they saw so, lost not putting their best team. They out there. so
1: often just squander the Degrom games, and it's the yeah. first day of the season. It was a big Degrom game, and they they squandered
0: it through their own and, just idiocy. It's it's, and we haven't even talked about the fact that uh, for whatever, it feels like they changed course midway through this game because uh, uh, Anthony De, uh, Anthony DeComo, right? Yeah. So Anthony DeComo puts out the, this tweet saying, I'm reading it right now. A- Jacob DeGrom is on a limit of around 100 pitches tonight. He's only needed 65 to get through five shutout innings. Still plenty in the tank. I don't think DeComo is making that up. Clearly, someone said that. And then for whatever reason, they decided to change course midway because for whatever reason, DeGrom ends up getting taken out after just six innings and 77 pitches. And the thing that's also so annoying, and you saw this so many times last year too, is they take these guys out when they're cruising. And it's like,
1: he's he's cruising.
0: cruising. These aren't aren't high-pressure pitches. He just struck
1: out Bryce Harper.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, let him keep going. Like... Like, I want the bullpen, and I don't care how good you might think the bullpen is.
1: Well, apparently it's not. If
0: I have a choice of DeGrom versus the bullpen, I'm choosing DeGrom every time. Like, like get him. Like, yeah, okay, I understand you don't want to maybe going 120 pitches tonight, the first game of the season, but, I mean, he should be able to go more than 77. It's the first game of the season. He's obviously
1: well-rested. Well, and the other thing is, it is game one, but we expect them to be in a really close pennant race. They have a very good division. Like, you can't just let games get away just because it's the beginning of the season. They could yeah. end up I mean, the losing fact the that, division or a wildcard spot by a game. That is completely feasible. DeGrom should have pitched a seventh inning.
0: Yeah. And, and the fact that... Yeah. So, between DeGrom not going at least one more inning and... Their best player riding the bench. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really unbelievable. And I know... I mean, I, I guess... And this is another thing, too, which... So actually, this 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 sort of just came to my mind because part of me is thinking like, why, when the pitcher spot was up in the ninth inning, did they not pinch hit Dom? And I just realized it. It's because uh, they realized that if they got some runners on base, Giorme's spot was going to come up later in the inning, and they probably wanted to save Dom for a chance to potentially, uh, you know, tie or take the lead, but. By thinking that way, he doesn't get in the game. If you pinch hit Dom for the pitcher spot, maybe he gets on, and that extends you one batter further to potentially tie the game. Like, it gives you more cracks at it. Like, like The fact that VR is getting that at bat, and Dom Smith never sees the field. It's unbelievable. Alright. This is going to be an interesting <sighs> pot to listen to. So Have fun with that. Yeah, so a good day, I guess, for the Jets. Uh, they end up even with the jets i guess it's a little sad because just three years ago we drafted sam Darnold and he didn't work you out. no
1: it is sad i like sam i just i don't think he's that good of a quarterback and i hope he resurrects, resurrects his career if he's good with carolina I'll, I'll cheer for him that'd be great i'd love to see it um but good job yeah. by the jets for
0: you know man yeah, so anyways uh, what they jet- could get. yeah so anyway generally good day for the jets uh um, Not a good day for the Mets. Disappointing day for the Mets. Hopefully, I guess all we can hope for is uh, that uh, they learn from their mistakes of opening day and, you know, put their best guys in the lineup. Uh, also, like I said, they usually win opening day and have crappy season. So hopefully, a loss on opening day means that they'll have a good season. I would this love year. for them to fire
1: Blue Rojas and just have Keith Hernandez take over as the interim manager. He could do it.
0: Team Keith, if you if you, if you say, so. I, I don't even have a witty comeback. No, that
1: one. not really kidding. <laughs> he could call the games <laughs> from for us and wife from the dugout.
0: Uh, um, he could know. do it. I guess. All right, I'm upset. The Knicks lost too in another close game to the Nets.
1: All right, have a okay night, Justin.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go watch some uh, college basketball, and uh, I'll I'll watch uh, the guy that the Knicks aren't going to have an opportunity to draft in Jalen. Enjoy
1: that. I'm going to sleep.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, If you don't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, follow us at BornIn87. Have a good night.